Hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. Um, th- so I have things that I can say. Go look in the show notes. Should I just say that and just leave it at that? No, I will quickly say, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, uh, at dictionary pod is where you can go. You can go find it. Um, if I was more motivated, I would be putting things on uh, TikTok, but I, I don't know how to do that. And, uh, Email me, dictionarypod at gmail.com. You can record your own little sound effect or a five to ten second musical ditty to play at the beginning of the show and the end, maybe. And uh, there's a Google voice number if you want to call and leave a message and tell me what you think about anything in the world. And also, write a review and share this. Go send it out to all the places. Okay. This is the last section of page 278. The first word is the second form of cornice. Uh, You could probably also say cornish, just like the first form. This one is a transitive verb from 1744, to furnish or crown with a cornice. Go cornice that, go cornice that thing over there with a cornice. For the sound effect, I think... I will stick to the, the, the animal sound theme. Should we do that for a little while? Okay, let's do that. Uh, yesterday was a bark. Maybe today we'll just do the standard cow sound. Moo. Next word is corniche. C-O-R-N-I-C-H-E. Corniche. Noun from 1835. A road built along a coast and especially along the face of a cliff. Why would people put roads here? Because we want to go explore and see what's around the corner of the cliff. Uh, This is French, and it literally means cornice. From the Italian, well, how do they say it? Corniche, maybe? It's spelled the same way. Um, Yeah, the, the corniche road is a cornice because it's a thing that's high up along the edge, and so that's where the crows and the ravens sit. Why is it called a niche? Corniche? How did, why did we get to that, that pronunciation? Corniche. Uh, and th- these, those roads are very scary to drive. I've seen videos, and I don't want to be there unless we're very, very safe. Okay, next word. Moo. Cornishon. Uh, actually, Corn, cornishon. I think it's a, a knee sound. Cornishon. I, I like to say cornishon. C-O-R-N-I-C-H-O-N. Noun from 1928. It is a sour gherkin, usually flavored with tarragon. And a gherkin, it looks like a little pill. I think I was going to say pillow. Looks like a little pickle. G-H-E-R-K-I-N is gherkin, and it is sour, and it is usually flavored with tarragon. This is a French word, cornichon, which means gherkin, literally means little horn, diminutive of corn with an E at the end, which means horn. So that is all a cornichon is. It just looks like a little horn. Next word, mmm... Corniculate cartilage. Two words. Corniculate 
C-O-R-N-I-C-U-L-A-T-E, and then cartilage. Noun from circa 1909, a small nodule of yellow elastic cartilage articulating with the apex of the arytenoid. It's just a little piece of yellow elastic cartilage. Uh, This is from the Latin corniculatus, which means horned. Uh, that's basically it. It's it's uh, looks like a horn, I guess. Uh, so I th- that's the only thing I can think of, is that this little uh, nodule of yellow elastic cartilage sort of looks like a horn. So it's corniculate cartilage. Next word, moo. Cornification. Cornification. Is this turning something into corn? It's a noun from circa 1843, conversion into horn or a horny or keratinous substance or tissue. Yeah, basically because corn means horn in these old languages or other languages, um, it's not hornification. I don't know why you wouldn't just say hornification. It's cornification. Conversion into a horn or a horny or keratinous substance or or tissue. So maybe, uh, oh, corns, what the, the corns on the foot. Your foot is going through cornification because it's getting like a horn on the side, which is really just a corn. But it's a horn? It's a corn. I don't know. Okay, um, moo. Move over cornification. Now we have to talk about the word cornish, capital C, ornish. First form, Adjective from the 14th century of relating to or characteristic of Cornwall, Cornishmen, or Cornish. And uh, I think that last one, Cornish, is the second form. So it related to Cornwall, uh, the second form of Cornish or Cornishmen, which we, we will also talk about soon. Uh, this is from Middle English, Cornish. C-O-R-N-Y-S-S-H-E, which is Cornwall, England. Maybe there are cows around that area. Mm. Second form of Cornish, capital C, noun from 1547. One, the Celtic language of Cornwall. Two, any of an English breed of domestic chickens much used in crossbreeding for meat production compared to rock Cornish hen. And, uh, yeah, it's a chicken or a language. Next word, moo, Cornish man. Well, it's probably Cornishman, uh, but it's spelled like a man. This is also with a capital C, noun from the 15th century, a native or resident of Cornwall, England. You cannot call yourself a Cornishman if you are not from Cornwall. And if you're a woman, I guess you can also call yourself a Cornishman, but you are not a man, you are a woman. So, you know, use whatever name you want. And I don't think, uh, no, Cornish woman is not here. Next word, moo. Cornish pastry, two words, also with a capital C again, Noun from 1871. I would assume that this is a a pastry that is made 
in Cornwall, England, or was originated in Cornwall, England, so let's read it and find out. It is a filled pastry containing cooked meat and vegetables. So it it probably comes from Cornwall, but it does not say. It could also be containing Cornish chickens. We had to kill the chickens to put them in the pastry. Um, that's That's it for that. Next word, moo. It is Cornish Rex. Two words with a capital C. Yeah, Rex, R-E-X. Uh, that is often, that R is often capitalized, though. Uh, this is a noun from 1972. Any of a breed of cats with a very short, very short, soft, wavy coat free of guard hairs and a small head with large ears. And I really want to see a picture of a Cornish Rex. I am not familiar with guard hairs are. Audrey, you are sitting there comfortably at the end of the bed, just enjoying this uh, podcast episode. Uh, What is a guard hair? Can you please tell me? You look like you're about to fall asleep. All right, I'm not going to get any answer out of her. Um, Okay, that is Cornish Rex. Next, corn law, two words, Capital C, capital L. It's the laws that pertain to the ears of corn. Noun from 1766. One of a series of laws in force in Great Britain before 1846 prohibiting or discouraging the importation of grain. So yes, it is literally the laws about corn, but also just grain in general. And corn probably was the most popular, the one that everybody loved the most, so they called it the Corn Law. Uh, it was uh, looks like it was in effect for for what is this? Uh, 80, 80 years, eighty years. Somebody somebody lived their whole life, but probably many people could live a whole life, uh, birth to death. And uh, living in this time of corn law, prohibiting or discouraging the importation of grain. They could not bring grain in during their whole lifetime. That is so sad for them. Let's move on to the next word. Moo, moo, moo. Corn leaf aphid. Three words, noun from circa 1939. A dusky greenish or brownish aphid that feeds on the flowers and foliage of various commercially important grasses, and the example of that grass would be corn. Yeah, I think corn is a grass, but it is also, is it also a grain? Can they be the same and different at the same time? It's a it's a grass that said, whoa, I got so long, I need to put energy into making this fruity vegetable thing. Which is it? Well, the world will never know. Okay, this aphid, uh, I got stuck on that whole corn is a grass thing. Uh, this is an aphid. It's a dusky greenish and or brownish, either one. Uh, the scientific name is Ropa hoi hoi hoi. Ropalosifum midis. Ropalosifum midis. I think I said it correctly enough. 
Should we see if we can post a picture of this aphid? Maybe we will. Okay, next word. Mmm. Cornmeal. Cornmeal. One word. Noun from 1749. Meal ground from corn. And then they sort of flatten it out and toast it, and it becomes cornflakes. Should be cornmeal flakes. And that's that's that. Cornmeal, uh, it is also used in other things. Uh, they feed animals with it. They feed humans with it. Uh, they put it in, I think, alcohols of different kinds. They use sometimes corn, cornmeal as the thing to make it from. I have no idea how that process works. Next word, moo, 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 moo. Corn oil. Two words, noun from 1879. A yellow fatty oil obtained from the germ of corn kernels and used chiefly as salad oil in soft soap and in margarine. Uh, corn oil, so they, they take, they process the corn and get the oil from it and it can be used in salad oil, soft soap. What is a soft, is that like a liquid soap or is it just, I, I, what's hard soap? Is there medium soap? I'm so confused by soap. Also, they use it in margarine. So yeah, it must be a, a big major ingredient in margarine. Next word, moo. This is a funny one. Corn pone. It's kind of hard to say. Corn pone, P-O-N-E. One word, adjective from 1972. The synonyms are down home, two words with a hyphen, and also countryfied like you've been you've been converted from a, a city mouse to a country mouse you've been countryfied you're down home on the farm corn pone i have never heard that before i love it next word moo maybe those cows are corn pone cows uh, so the next word is corn pone again but this one is two words I think you can probably figure out where the separation is. Noun from 1859. This is Southern and Midland cornbread, often made without milk or eggs and baked or fried. Um, is there butter in it, though? This sounds actually almost vegan. Um, so maybe I can have some of this corn pone cornbread. That's hard to say. Uh, baked or fried. Sounds amazing. Next word, moo, corn poppy, two words, noun from circa 1859, an annual red-flowered Eurasian poppy, common in fields and cultivated in several varieties. And the scientific name is Papaver royas. Papaver is P-A-P-A-V-E-R, maybe it's Papaver, and then royas is R-H-O-E-A-S, Roeas. Do not quote me on these pronunciations. Please and thank you. Puppies, puppies, puppies. Next word, moo. It is corn rootworm. Two words. Corn is its own word. Rootworm is another word. Noun from 1892. Any of several chrysomelid 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 beetles 
whose root-eating larvae are pests, especially of corn. And the genus name for these beetles is Diabrotica. Chrysomelid beetles. Get their larvae away from the corn, but also they deserve to live, so don't kill them. Put them somewhere else. Maybe just feed them corn that you don't want anymore. Okay, next, uh, last word. Moo, me, moo, 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 moo. The last word is corn row. One word, C-O-R-N-R-O-W, noun from 1946. One, a section of hair which is braided, usually flat to the scalp. Uh, so a, a section of hair, one section of uh, of the hair in a cornrow hairstyle would be a cornrow, one row. Uh, and I assume that it must be called cornrow because the it looks like rows of corn. You know, you, you drive down the highway and you see cornfields and you look down and it's row after row after row with a bit of space in between. So, you know, this hairstyle kind of looks like that. Um, and then number two for cornrow, corn a hairstyle in which the hair is divided into cornrow sections arranged in rows. I wonder who the first person was to to name this, to maybe make the hairstyle, although that was probably very, very long time ago. Uh, probably lots of people were doing it at the same time. But then who, who said, it looks like rows of corn? Uh, and then corn row is also a verb. So you can corn row your hair into corn rows or into a corn row hairstyle. Uh, there is a picture of this hairstyle, um, and I think we've all probably seen this. Um, here's the thing. It is a, um, how do I put this? How do I put this and not get into a whole big thing? Sometimes certain people will have this hairstyle, and it is not the most culturally respective thing to do. I think that is a fine, simple way to say it, and I think you all probably know what I'm talking about. Okay, so the words in this episode were cornice, corniche, cornichon, corniculate cartilage, cornification, cornish, cornishman, cornish pastry, cornish rex, corn law, corn leaf aphid, corn meal, corn oil, corn pone, corn pone, corn poppy, corn rootworm, and corn row. Uh, let's see, this, this, there was a lot of things going on in this one again. We've got corn, I kind of like, I think I like corn pone, down home and countrified. When I go to the farm, I get corn pone. (laughs) Audrey put her head down because of that song. It was so terrible. Uh, all right, let's see the holidays. Oh, so, um, I think... On this first page of holidays that I read, uh, in yesterday's episode, I had not updated the page. So I will quickly just read those for you. Uh, In Russia, oh, this is International Duties Memorial Day. That is in Russia, but it's also international because it's in the name. In Vanuatu, it is John Frum Day. In Afghanistan, it is Liberation Day. Uh, this is all yesterday, but you might be listening to this on a whole different day anyway. It doesn't even matter. In Mahayana Buddhism, it is Parinirvana Day, also celebrated on February 8th. Yes, I, th- I thought I remembered hearing that before. 
Uh, Serbia has statehood day. Susan B. Anthony is supposed... The Susan B. Anthony Day is supposedly only in Florida. In Philadelphia, it is the E-N-I-A-C Day. In Singapore, it is Total Defense Day. Now, let's update it to today. Uh, Today is... Let's see. It's my mom's birthday. It's also my official slash unofficial work anniversary, which means I have hit... 15 years, 15 years at this job. And I don't mean the job of reading the dictionary, my real job. Uh, it is, uh, okay, in North Korea, it is Kim Jong, Kim, can't even say it, Kim Jong-il's birthday, but it is also called Day of the Shining Star. Oh, Kim Jong-il, you are such a shining star in our world. Uh, it is restoration of Lithuania's statehood day. In Alaska, it is Elizabeth Peretrovich day. Mm, in India, it is Guru Ravidas Jayanti. And I think it is time to look at the fun holidays. It is do a grouch a favor day. There is a picture of a painting of Oscar the Grouch. Uh... If somebody's being a grouch, do something nice, and then maybe they won't be such a grouch. It is Kyoto Protocol Day, National Almond Day. You can eat some marzipan. You can eat almonds, unflavored or salted or flavored. Have some almond milk in your drink or your cereal, or do what other almond things are there. There's there's sparkling almond Champagne drink that's tasty. Uh, National Innovation Day. Be innovative. Tim Tam Day. Uh, this is a uh, a chocolate a chocolate thing. Tim Tam. And any other holidays that we missed? Uh, Makabusha. I don't know if I read that. I don't think so. Oh, this is the most important one. It is Punchki Day. It is spelled P A C Z K I. And these are the tasty cream or fruit-filled pastries that uh, come out once a year. They come out from their little holes, and then people eat them. Punchki day. Yeah. It's actually a big holiday at, uh, at my work. <laughs> Every year, they buy, they buy the people, uh, this, I don't know, dozens of punchkis. Although, now that people are just at home, I, don't, I think people just have to go buy their own. All right. This is uh, has been an amazing episode. We finished page 278. Oh, Audrey, you're awake now. Would you like to join in the celebration of finishing page 278? No, she wants to go back to sleep. Okay, that's it. This has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye.